Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Tuesday and Thursday by my main man, Donnie Droon. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk or anywhere you get your podcasts. And today... We're talking about Baker Mayfield moving, Mason Rudolph being the backup, and Kenny Pickett's redshirt season, question mark. Lots of quarterback in the works. Donnie, it's a beautiful day here in the Berg. I shaved a mustache, which is probably the biggest news of the day. How you feeling, my friend? I feel great. Speaking of the uh, the mustache, I watched Top Gun, the original one, for the oh, first yeah? time a few days ago. Solid movie. I, I, I don't know why I hold out and watching phenomenal films. So, uh, I've Top heard Gun it's was a good great. Movie. I've never seen it. Top Top Gun was great. You look great, bro. It, it, it's a phenomenal Thursday to talk some Steelers football. Feeling that one. I've never seen Top Gun. I have to go see Top Gun. I want to go see the new one. Didn't realize Tom Cruise was still in it, but I'm all about that life. All right, let's talk some Steelers football. Well, I'm gonna start off with the Cleveland Browns, I guess. Baker Mayfield on his way to the Carolina Panthers in exchange for a fifth-round pick, which is conditional. We'll go to a fourth-round pick if he plays 70% of his snaps, I believe, next season. A move I think a lot of people saw coming. Didn't see it happening when it did happen, obviously. Caught some people by surprise. We talked about it before. Let me get your thoughts on it again. What did you think about the move? Uh, for the Browns, it kind of felt like a move that they needed to make. Um, they were really trying to hold out for a super high pick, and I think whenever you looked around the league, teams knew that eventually they would have to part with them one way or another. And to try to get a, a high pick for a guy you know is not going to go back to the team, it, it, it's just you put yourself in a predicament to where you're kind of negotiating against yourself after a certain point. After such a long time too with the training camp coming up and you you, you also kind of want to almost do right <laughs> by Baker too um is like where does that sound given everything that they had done to slash with him in the offseason but um I don't know I, I don't think it's a bad trade for the Panthers at all uh given the upside of Baker Mayfield that has kind of been seen in flashes throughout his time in Cleveland I mean as much as we rag on the Browns I mean Baker did very much so help turn that franchise around, along with um, a very competent front office, a, a very offensive, young, forward-thinking head coach, um, and basically a, a very, very well-rounded roster all around that. Um, but for Baker to kind of not succeed with the Browns at the levels everybody had hoped he would, on top of him kind of carrying that, that swagger, that arrogance to him, definitely makes him an easy target. I do wonder if there will be some Steeler fans that find themselves rooting for Baker Mayfield now that he is out of Cleveland. So I'll address you. First, I have to address Charles in the comments. Have you, how I can you have never seen Top Gun? Look at man. I apologize, but I will make this promise to you right now because you're like the fifth person to say this to me. Yeah. So I appreciate the push. I will go watch Top Gun and I will have a report to you by next Tuesday. Mark my words. I have a very busy weekend, so maybe Thursday, but we're going to aim for Tuesday. We're going to aim for Tuesday. Appreciate you, Charles. All right, Baker Mayfield. For one, I your question on whether or not Steelers fans will root for him, I don't see why not. 
I don't think Baker Mayfield like ever had a real negative rapport with the Steelers fans. I think that everybody in Cleveland does, but I I don't know if it's like, you know what I mean? Like there's been some really nasty Browns players. Really oh, nasty. For sure. Would you say Baker's one of them? Would you say Baker's one of those guys that's just like that's what I mean. Like, like there's never been like I've felt the rivalry, but like if to like Ed like I'm trying to think of a name, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed. If those guys went to another team, you're not rooting for them if you're a Steelers fan, no matter what. There's a respect there, but you're not rooting for them. Um, Who was the dude, the Cincinnati linebacker a couple of years ago? He was another one. But then there was guys. Vontez Perfect. That guy, Vontez Perfect, dirtiest player of all time. But then there was guys like Chad Ochocinco. Chad Ochocinco went to New England. I was rooting for him to win a ring. I was like, man, this would be cool. Mm. Like. No, you weren't about that life? Dude, not with the Patriots. Did, hell no. Man. No, no, not with the Patriots. I didn't feel good about it. But, like, when they were in the playoffs, when the situation was breaking itself down, there's always those guys that you're like, okay, I respect him enough to feel good about it. I'm not For saying sure. that Mayfield has earned anybody's respect. I just don't think he's burnt the bridges. That's what I'm trying For to say. For sure. No, 1,000%. Um, I like to use Joey Porter as kind of like a uh, like a yes. measuring stick to where Browns players should be. If Joey Porter would have punched you pregame, then, you know, you're probably not very well respected or, like, established. Um, do, do you remember whenever he did that? Like, way back in the day, like, he got in oh, trouble for like, trying to fight the entire Browns sideline. The entire Brown sideline. Yes, yeah. I do. I do remember that. I think that's a good it's a it's a good <laughs> benchmark. It's a good benchmark. I I just I don't think Baker's a dude that I'm gonna feel terribly about if he has success in other places. Am I rooting for him to have success? No. That being said, have you bet on the Carolina Panthers to beat the Cleveland Browns in week one yet? Ooh, I don't know, but did you see the Browns are paying him over $500,000 that week to try to beat the Cleveland Browns as yeah, part of like beautiful. their deal with the Panthers? That is beautiful. Yeah. That is beautiful. Definitely. I I bet on them. I put 75 bucks down immediately. That's as much money as I had in my FanDuel account, and I tossed it all on there in two seconds. I think he's, it, it was plus 100 odds. There's no – do you have any hope? Any hope? With the – the thought that Deshaun Watson's not in Cleveland. Do you have any hope for the Cleveland Browns this season? Dude, that's still a really good roster. It's still a really, it's a really good, good roster without a quarterback. Man, but, but it's Jacoby Brissett Jaco- exactly. who had How- miracles worked for him in Indianapolis. And like we talked about on the show, I think a week or two ago, dude, I know where you're going Minka loves never Jacoby Brissett throws. Just Anywhere in a relative zip code towards him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like there's no – you could have – Doug Hodges took a team to 8-8. Eight and 8-8, eight. Eight and eight, Donnie. 8-8. Eight and eight. You want to know why he didn't get any better? Because you can't be any better without a quarterback. You could be better with an okay quarterback, not with a third-string quarterback. That's not how that works. What would you predict the record would be if you're betting on the <sighs> – Dude, don't do this to me. The the Browns record with Jacoby? The Browns record with Jacoby. Dude. <laughs> I would say somewhere around five hundred. If if we saw the, the Steelers rise up with mediocre quarterback play, 
Um, I, I think the Browns have like a, a better foundation than Pittsburgh did in 2019. Um, so e- even with Jacoby Brissett, I still think they'll be competitive. Not like Super Bowl contenders like they should be with Sean Watson, but um, still like I, I don't think they're like a perennial playoff team. I would say right around 500. If they if they finish like 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 nine and nine and eight somewhere around there, or like no eight way. nine, I I wouldn't be no surprised. way. What they finish last season? What what was their record last season? Nine and eight. I believe it was nine and eight, or something along those lines. With with Baker Mayfield, I get it. Was yeah, a with Baker, Baker Mayfield, Mayfield and chicken noodle soup on his like shoulder. Okay, but now they got chicken noodle motion. soup to throw to outside of Amari Cooper, who at times is chicken noodle soup. Well, they did have somebody to throw to, but then he yeah Baker like wasn't good. But you're, then. It doesn't and then matter. His dad the, made cut ups on YouTube. If the argument is ba- Baker's better than Jacoby Brissett at the end of the day, no matter what way oh, you try to. Oh, dude, 1000%. But that's what I'm saying. Now you don't have Baker and you have nobody to throw the football to. I mean, I could blitz you. I could run blitz you 45 times a game. I don't even have to think about that. There's Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Now you're just hoping that the other team doesn't score a touchdown and you win games. I'm going to say <laughs> six games max. Six games max, the Browns win. In but see, like that also wouldn't surprise me at all. Like I, I know we talked about the Steelers kind of being just great big question mark whenever it comes to the 2022 season and what we should or shouldn't expect. I think the Browns are kind of in the same position right now because, like, if they were thought to be Super Bowl contenders before they um, before they got Deshaun Watson, sure, like Deshaun's probably not going to play this year. I don't think Jacoby Brissett can take them super far. They still have a really good football team, man, and really good football teams still find ways to win. I'm not saying they're going to be like this, this number one seed in the AFC. I'm not saying they're going to go on this crazy playoff run. I'm just saying like right around the 500 is probably reasonable. It It is probably reasonable. It is probably reasonable. But like the meme I sent you earlier this morning. But I'm telling you, the Browns be the Browns, my friend. Browns be the Browns. The Browns be the Browns. It's just, it's never going to change. All right, before we move on, they got a fifth round pick, could go into a fourth round pick. If Baker plays 70% of the snaps, you got to expect that to happen. Sam Darnold's terrible. Dude, did you, you think see it was the a video good deal? of the Panthers talking about Matt Corral in the draft and then being super excited about it? Oh, so, no, dude, somebody haven't. leaked the like the the war room footage of Matt Roll like hyping up like Matt Corral and talking about like how great of an NFL quarterback he can be, and then they go and they trade for Baker Mayfield like a couple months down the road. That's terrible. Well, yeah, but I mean Matt Corral is not NFL ready now. Matt Corral at one point was considered like the number one pick in the draft. Dude, the best terrible. part about that video was Matt Roll telling the Patriots to basically like F off after like their first offer. Cause they, they were waiting to like jump up in the draft to go and like make a move for Corral. And then Matt rolls like in the war room with the Panthers. And he's like, listen, like what we're doing right now is elite. Like Matt roll has done anything close to anything being elite at the NFL elite. since he first took over Carolina. Yeah. Well, he was handed Christian McCaffrey and has done nothing since. So he signed Camps Newton for four games last. The year. most elite thing I've ever seen Matt Rule do was in Mobile when he was hammered at two o'clock in the morning eating street tacos. <laughs> I wasn't there for that, but yeah, I also yeah, got a true. lot of respect for him for doing that too. By the way, so no, you're hammered eating street tacos at two a.m. Shout out you. You're living a good oh, life. Dude. Living a good life. Are you still having a ghost right now? Yeah. 
um, wow. Red Sour Patch that, Kid. The, the Swedish Fish is also in. really good, too. I know. Those things will kill you. Um, I hope so. Get me out of here. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> I'm let's... Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. That got deep for a second there. Uh, don't worry. Donnie's fine. I'll talk to him after the show. Um, <laughs> all right. When it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback competition, me and you are under the assumption that it is Mitchell Trubisky and Kenny Pickett with like a very small chance for Mason Rudolph. Not everybody believes that it's going to turn out that way, or at least that the ending turns out the way we expect the ending to turn into. Mark Kabulia of The Athletic, which we, who we have now talked about for two episodes in a row, shout out Kaboom, believes that the Steelers will focus on Mason Rudolph being the backup this season, not Kenny Pickett, alluding to a Kenny Pickett redshirt season. Just to read you right from his mailbag here, check that out on The Athletic. They can save $3 million and potentially get a draft choice if they trade him. But is it worth more than the peace of mind that 2019, when they were starting Duck Hodges and trying to sign Landry Jones off an XFL team he had yet to play for, doesn't happen again? Now, it would be worth it if you aren't red-shirting Pickett and you can get a fifth-round pick. I can see Rudolph being the number two on game day and Pickett being more of a long-term guy if Trubitsky gets hurt. So let me ask you this. I don't really care who anybody believes could be the backup is it a good idea for the Steelers to let Mason Rudolph be the backup quarterback this season I think there's two schools of thought I think you look at Mason's experience with the team and you see a rookie quarterback who you certainly want to try to to develop um, into a potential franchise guy and mold him and stuff and I know there's also kind of different ways of thinking on how you should do that uh, whenever it comes to kind of preparing Kenny Pickett for the future. Mason Rudolph as a backup has always been the Steelers' preferred plan. Not specifically this year, just in general, since since he got there and they kind of realized that maybe all the pieces to the puzzle weren't exactly popping with that. It's so easy to like Mason Rudolph as a backup quarterback because he's only a backup quarterback until you need him not to be. It's very easy to be confident when your chips are not in the middle of the table with Mason Rudolph playing quarterback for you. So I I understand the appeal for him. I think at this point in time, and we'll, we'll get into this in a little bit, it's Mitch's job to lose, right? Like, th- there's yeah. no serious threat of Mason Rudolph starting this year. Um, we seem to think Kenny Pickett probably has a shot at that, but we'll talk about that here in a moment. Mason Rudolph is a backup. I don't hate it. I really don't. Oh. But on the other side of the coin, for the the second argument, you drafted Kenny Pickett in the first round, my man. Mike Tomlin giggled like a schoolgirl to the phone <laughs> to call Kenny Pickett to welcome him he to did. the Pittsburgh Steelers. More than anything, the, the one hammering point people love to bring up with Kenny Pickett was that he was the most pro-ready quarterback right now. If you needed to play a football game tomorrow, Kenny Pickett is the first quarterback off of the board. 
Yep. If that's the case, what's the problem with him at worst being a number two quarterback? I I don't see one. So Kenny Pickett right now is taking third string reps. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this on Tuesday. Kenny Pickett is a third string quarterback because he hasn't proven to be anything more than a third string quarterback. And maybe he doesn't prove to be a starting quarterback this season. Okay. What are you doing if Mitchell Trubisky goes down? Which is Kaboli's argument here. If if Trubisky goes down, you want Mason Rudolph out there. Do you remember 2019 with the biggest excuse was of why the Pittsburgh Steelers couldn't get a flow going on offense with Mason Rudolph? It's because it was Ben Roethlisberger's offense, and the game plan was built for Ben Roethlisberger. And you don't adjust an entire offense in the middle of the season. Do I believe that that's true? No, I believe, I be, I believe that you, that you adjust any chance you get. But the Steelers' offensive coordinators aren't really the greatest. If Mitchell Trubisky goes down, you're telling me that that same excuse won't be there for Mason Rudolph? Because if I'm looking at the Steelers' quarterback room and I'm saying, okay, Mitchell just got hurt. We need a quarterback emergency right now moving on for the rest of the season. Mason's got the veteran experience. Kenny's a risk. Is changing an entire offense a bigger upside or a a bigger risk to take than putting a first-round quarterback that you expect to be the future franchise quarterback of your team in and not having to change anything? Because Kenny Pickett and Mitchell Trubisky are essentially the same guy. They have essentially the same skill set. So you don't have to change a single thing if Kenny Pickett goes in there over Mason Rudolph. I get the veteran stuff. Like, I agree with you on all that. And and every point you made is 100% correct. On Kaboli's end, it doesn't make any sense to me to to, to worry about 2019 and then put yourself in 2019 once again with a different spin on it. That's how I'd look at that. Not for sure. And point out Dustin's comment in the uh, the chat right now. I, I do think all of this will be kind of sorted out in due time, um, preseason and training camp and all the opportunities that they will get. I fully expect Kenny Pickett to be the second best quarterback on the roster. I don't think that's kind of the question right now. I think it's just all boils down to what the Steelers want to do. Like if they are very intent on letting Kenny Pickett sit for a year and develop and like truly get his feet settled before he's thrown to the wolves. I can appreciate that 1000%. And from that aspect, it does make sense. Sure. To have him as a third string quarterback. I also get the, the veteran thing. Like we've already kind of touched on um, with Mason. Like if, if you need someone to go on there and someone who has handled an NFL offense before they've seen a lot of stuff I don't, I don't think Kenny Pickett is very uh, accustomed to looking at a lot of the foreign stuff NFL defensive coordinators, excuse me, are able to bring to the table. And in due time, you know, he'll begin to kind of learn and be able to see through all of that stuff. The argument with Mason and for him being the number two guy is that at least he has seen that stuff. Like, talent aside, like, he has the experience. He's been in the mud before. You know for sure that he at least knows how to handle X, Y, and Z scenario, whereas Kenny Pickett's kind of like a question mark. That's really the only reasoning I can see why Kenny Pickett wouldn't be 
the number two guy. And look, I get it. I fully get it if that's Pittsburgh's plan. But if he's the most pro-rated quarterback coming out of the draft and you Thank really, you. really like him. Thank you. Thank you. Is he the most pro-ready? All you heard the whole draft process is how pro-ready Kenny Pickett is. How pro-ready Kenny Pickett is. Kenny Pickett, man, he's pro-ready. All of a sudden, he's not pro. He's not more pro-ready than Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph's after in year five has not earned a starting job, and I understand that it's behind Ben Roethlisberger. But if he earned the starting job, the Steelers wouldn't have signed Mitchell Trubisky. They they would have drafted Kenny Pickett. I believe that but they wouldn't have signed Mitchell Trubisky. They did so because Mason Rudolph is not the future of the Pittsburgh Steelers. It just, it doesn't make sense to me. And this is a great comment here. What's the fascination with Rudolph? He doesn't have a future long-term with this team anyways. It's exactly true. The Steelers have no intentions of making Mason Rudolph the future of this team. They have never showed that they have intentions of making Mason Rudolph the future of this team. So at some point, we got to just stop talking about it, and the Pittsburgh Steelers have to make it clear, sorry, Mason, you're not the future of this team. It's just, it just is what it is. It just is what it is. Do you think, and like we both know, we've been, we've been at practices, at NFL practices. We understand the development of quarterbacks, but not only the, the development of quarterbacks, but how a quarterback rotation operates during the season. The backups, if you have a veteran, at least like Ben, you would have had a situation where he takes a day off, Mason would have got the starting reps. The third stringer, and the, and the backup, the guy who's taking most of the practice reps, throwing awful passes. They're not throwing real passes. The offensive coordinator saying, hey, man, go throw it on an interception. Go throw it over there, see if guys react. Do you think that is worth Pickett taking a redshirt year instead of actually having an opportunity to be the number two, sit next to Matt Canada and Mike Sullivan on the sideline with a headset and talk to these guys? See, I don't... I don't put a lot of stock into him if he's not going to play, whether he's like number two or number three. Um, Cause like regardless, wherever he sits in, in the pecking order, the hope is for him. If you do want him to sit a year that he's not going to play that Mitch Trubisky is going to start all 17 games, hopefully more wink. And he's able to kind of learn from there. He's, he's able to take things in from the sideline. And like you said, able to digest everything from coach Canada, coach Tomlin, everything else kind of involved in the offense so i don't if he's sitting i don't truly care whether he's number two or number three but if if you're going to commit long term to a guy like kenny pickett i get giving him the red shirt year i 100 percent get it and especially with him being a first-round pick and you looking for your next franchise quarterback after Big Ben just retired, like that, that's a lot of pressure to, to go and kind of pick up the pieces right there. So I get it. But, I mean, the Steelers have continually built their roster to put themselves in the best position to win football games. If you didn't think Kenny Pickett couldn't win you football games this year, why did you take him at number 20? Exactly. Exactly. Which is a great lead in here to our next question. So if you haven't checked out our YouTube page, check out youtube.com slash all Steelers talk. I answered a couple of questions from people from Twitter earlier today. One of them I missed and I thought it was a great question. 
So I wanted to bring it back out. Shout out to uh, Shappy. What a name. What a Twitter name. Do you think Pickett has a legitimate chance to win the starting job? It's a good question. One we've talked about many times, but it's becoming more and more clear, I feel. Maybe not more and more clear, but more and more. The more we've moved on, now that we're through OTAs and, and minicamp, it kind of feels as if Kenny's got to do a lot more than we anticipated for him to win the starting job. Do you feel that that opportunity is still there? Yeah, I, I think the opportunity is still there. I think if you see Kenny Pickett just go crazy in training camp and then go even crazy in preseason, I, I, I think you have to. I, I, I think you have to roll him out. I, I think it needs to be a combination, though, of Kenny Pickett doing his thing and like Trubisky just not looking any part of a starting NFL quarterback. And, like, let, let's remember, like, we, we rag on Mason Rudolph. Mitch Trubisky is not a savior either. Nope. Not in the slightest term of it. So I think, realistically, Pickett will be given a chance to compete. But I, I just think, like, Mitch Trubisky has kind of pretty much already solidified himself as QB1 in Pittsburgh. So it's going to take, like, a heroic effort from Kenny. But I, I do think the opportunity will be given to him for sure. Do you think that a change could happen immediately in the season? So say Steelers start 0-2, things just really aren't clicking, and you could tell that it's probably Mitch. Do you think a drastic change happens then? Not 0-2. I, I, I don't think 0-2. What is that playing right? 0-2 is not, Playing. like, the parameter for me. Um, can you hear that? No. No. Okay. First, phenomenal microphone quality, so that that's a good ad spot for uh, sure. 0-2 um, is not the, the bar for me to make a quarterback change. I would say I, I would give it at least a couple more weeks before you, like, pull the plug on anything. I mean, dude, dude we've seen teams make drastic turnarounds midseason, so I, I wouldn't be willing to kind of give up like that. What, how long did Mac Jones go before he was the starting quarterback? I think three weeks, right? Look, can you can you look that up? If I would say the bar is whether or not the season feels alive, I'm not going to put like a number on it. It's going to be more. Did the defense show us so much in week one and week two that this could be a Super Bowl year? Is the offensive line fixed? Is Najee Harris an absolute animal? And is the wide receivers clicking? Because if all those things say yes, but the Steelers are 0-2, I think a move could be made. In my opinion, great coaches adjust, and great coaches would realize changes need to be made. I'm not saying that. Um, to answer the Mac Jones question, and I thought this was the case, but I just wanted to make sure. Because uh, my memory, memory is, excuse me, garbage right now. Uh, Cam Newton was cut during final roster cuts in training camp, and Mac Jones started. So off Mac Jones started week one. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, according gotcha. to Wikipedia, so um, he was the first rookie quarterback to start a season opener since Drew Bledsoe in 1993 for New England. That, but I mean, they had Tom Brady all those years, so it's like, yeah. So I just look at. 
I, I don't know how to like make it a point. You know what I mean? Cause I get where, where you're coming from as in once the season starts rolling, you got to give it time and you got to see, you got to work out the bugs. I would hope that Mike Tomlin has learned, especially from last season, that sometimes you don't work out the bugs. You just got to make changes because things suck. And sometimes that's your quarterback. I think Mitchell Trubisky is an easy, an easy component. Now let me ask you this. How deep into the season before that change is gone? You know, like Mitch plays enough games. They're at nine weeks in and they're five and four heading into the bye. Oh, dude, you don't I, feel I, great I don't about think there's any changes made then. Four and five. No. Dodge. I, I think for Three serious changes to be made, you need, you need to be at like, like, dude, like one and seven. But that's what I'm saying. Why, why are you throwing away a season at that point? If you're three and six heading into the bye week, are you throwing away the season? I don't know, man. I think um, there's just, there's a lot of factors that would play into that. And I mean, to quote Mike Tomlin, don't blink, <laughs> you know, like, and I, I think it'll be interesting too, because they've never really had that option. One, because they've always been a really good football team to where this hasn't been a problem before. They have not had to worry about, besides whenever Ben got hurt, whether or not they were going to be like a subpar football team. But they've never had the option to replace a quarterback. Because like no matter like how much things went wrong, pulling Ben was never in question. Never. Like th- th- that no, was exactly. so off limits. You wouldn't even think about that. Yeah. But now that's, that's like a, that's a potential possibility with Pittsburgh. And I think, um, shout out to everybody in the chat, kind of like bringing this up. Like, it, like the Steelers will not throw away football season. Like, it, like it's just not what they do. And I, exactly. I, I don't, I don't even know what you would like quantify throwing away football season. Cause I think if you, if you start with a terrible record and you throw Kenny Pickett in I don't think you're throwing away football season. I think you're giving Kenny Pickett a shot to potentially rejuvenate the football team. That that's what I'm saying though. Like I'm not I don't think at any point putting Kenny Pickett in is giving up. I think it's trying to save whatever's there. And I think that that's why my bar might be higher than yours and, and most. I feel most people are on your side with this argument. I think that the bar is so high that you come out in week one and week two and Minka's got two interceptions. The Steelers are holding teams to like 14 points a game. And Najee Harris is an absolute animal, animal. But the passing game is garbage, garbage. And you start out one and one. Mitchell Trubisky's two touchdowns to two interceptions. You're starting to think about it. Week three comes, you start one and two. Defense almost wins you a game. Offense is still not doing anything at all. I think at that point, it becomes a talking point how quickly before Kenny Pickett jumps into the starting lineup. Now, I don't, again, Mike Tomlin has shocked us with how, I don't know what the word would, stubborn, how stubborn he's been in the past. And I think he could do that again easily. But in my, if I'm running a football team and everything looks good except for Mitchell Trubisky, we out. We out. Kenny's the future. If that was the other way around, I'd let it rock. You know what I mean? If it was Kenny Pickett starting, Kenny could go 0-8. He's starting. He's the starting quarterback. Mitchell, no. 
I think these are doomsday scenarios that hopefully we'll, we will never have to actually like talk about during the season. Oh, I, I don't know, man. Mike Tomlin is very set oh, in his yeah. ways. And like you talked about, he, he's like almost stubborn to certain points, which has been proven good and bad in the past. Dude, I just think it's going to take a lot for Mitch Trubisky to be pulled. I think it's going to take like a lot of stuff to go sideways in order for that to realistically happen. I, in the thought of Mike Tomlin, I agree. Yeah, I agree. We'll see what happens. I hope that, just like you said, I hope that come the season, we don't even got to talk about this. It just, it just is what it is. You know what I mean? I do want to uh, address Britsburg Owen right here. Um, yeah, we, Noah and Donnie, come on Britsburg Podcast Live. We'd love to. We appreciate Dude, you sure. watching. Um, continue to watch. We appreciate all the support, as always. We appreciate yeah, everything. Check the channel out after we're done. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, so we appreciate you. I think we talked about all the quarterback headlines we need to talk about. Another day, another dollar. Another day, another dollar. Thank you, everybody, for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. We appreciate you guys so much. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Like this video, and as always, be a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend, be a friend, tell a friend to go use our promo code at manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping. We'll be back tomorrow, or I'll be back tomorrow with Derek. Donnie will be back next week. Enjoy your night. Peace. (laughs) 